0: This is The Guardian.
1: Today, what happens when you spend a whole week watching GB News? Heather, how did you begin to prepare yourself for a week watching GB News?
3: <laughs> well, one was explaining to my family that um sort of preparing them for the fact that I was going to be watching a lot of uh, unusual content. Named as one of the top best psychics in the world yeah.
2: next year, the election. Kiss. Any
3: sense? Well, I don't think Keir Starmer gets it.
2: Really? No.
3: You know, I knew it was right wing, but I didn't have that many preconceptions about it. So I was, in a way, I was kind of intrigued, I think, rather than anything else.
2: Seven o'clock, Farage. At eight, join Jacob Rees-Mogg. And at nine,
3: Dan Wooten tonight. So I just just sort of, you know, plunged straight into it.
1: (laughs) This is GB News. The Guardian's special correspondent, Heather Stewart, recently embarked on a pretty weird assignment. Spend all day, every day... Watching one of the UK's newest TV channels, GB News.
3: So I sort of kicked off on Friday and through the weekend. And, you know, some of the, the content is very standard sort of breakfast show fare. Grant Shapps, the energy secretary, is going to be on. I'm going to be asking him naturally about... the you know, not a million miles away from Laura Koonsberg's show. And then slowly, as you watch more of the kind of opinionated shows, they have very strong views. World Health Organization,
2: now think that four-year-olds should learn about sex
3: and reflect on what their gender identity might be. Four year And I've got to say, as time went on and as, as I watched more and more of this stuff, you know, it started to feel increasingly kind of dark.
2: It's called identity politics. All we need to do, lob a sample of DNA to one of the Ancestry websites, cross your fingers, wait for the results, and there's every chance you'll be at least 3% Ugandan.
1: If you haven't been paying attention to GB News, and actually that's most people, you might think the proudly provocative right-wing news channel that launched with a bang nearly two years ago might have folded or just faded into the background. But Heather says that would be wishful thinking.
3: There are moments during the week when it will be getting more viewers than Sky News, for example. You know, it's, it's not tiny. It hasn't gone away.
1: GB News might not be a major player, but it has a purpose – And it's carrying it out.
3: It's amplifying and giving a platform to views which then find their way into the mainstream, the political conversation. And so I think it is worth understanding, you know, what's the worldview behind it and what's the sense of the world that you get if you spend some real time with it. Britain's watching.
2: Britain's watching. Join us here
1: on GB News,
3: the people's channel. Britain's news channel.
1: From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, conspiracy theories, technical chaos and former cabinet ministers, how GB News survived and what it looks like now.
2: GB News will not slavishly follow the existing news agenda. We are committed to covering the people's agenda. We are proud to be British. The
1: clue is in the name. Heather, GB News launched with fanfare in June 2021, billing itself as a challenger to a safe British television establishment. It aspired to do news well, but it would be a place where you could have debates that didn't have the guardrails in place at other networks, something closer to an American cable news channel. But it didn't get off to a great start, did it?
3: No, it really didn't. They had lots of technical difficulties early on.
1: Gender. Every day,
2: easier said than done. What is that banging I don't noise know. going on? it sounds like there? a
3: microphone is going live.
2: Anyway, oh, there's a mouse or something <laughs> uh, going on around here. Um, chat to us today yes. about this, and we'll discuss this later on uh, in the programme. Back uh, after the break.
3: After the break. Back after the break. That was your clip. You know, there was some sort of really cringeworthy moments. There was, a, there was a moment in The Breakfast Show when they sort of inexplicably interviewed a Winston Churchill personator, which was just just very strange for something claiming to be a news channel.
1: And you yourself were, were pushed out after all your successes.
3: Absolutely. That, 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 that nice Mr Attlee uh, managed to unseat me at uh, at, the, at the end of the war. But of course he was... A... So he did not get off to a very sort of smooth start, let's say.
1: Was their critique of the industry right, that TV news in the UK is a bit stodgy, uninspired, that it is vulnerable to people who want to disrupt the industry?
3: So I think something that is true is, you know, I, I think they would acknowledge that there was a feeling in the wake of Brexit and I guess also in the wake of the sort of 2017 general election when you'll remember that Jeremy Corbyn ran the Tories, surprisingly close or a lot, surprisingly to a lot of people, there was a feeling that mainstream media, in inverted commas, had missed Brexit. It, it sort of failed to understand Brexit. There weren't enough voices in the media that were putting this alternative view, a sort of outside London, you know, not liberal metropolitan view. And that, that seems to me to be quite a legitimate aim to try and bring some of those, some of those views in.
1: And so way back in June 2021, it launches, it has a pretty poor start, and there are already questions beginning to appear about its future. What happens next for GB News?
3: So you will remember that was the period of the Black Lives Matter movement gaining prominence in the, in the wake of the death of George Floyd. It was being very, very much talked about. And one of the ways that it, it sort of played out was, you know, was it appropriate to take the knee in solidarity? And one of the host's presenters, Guto Harry, who had previously worked for Boris Johnson, we should say, so hardly a, a crazy Guardian reading left winger. But anyway, he took the knee on his show. I actually now get
2: it. And so much so that I think, you know, we should all take the knee. In fact, why not take the knee
3: now and just say it's a gesture, but it's an important gesture. And, you know, it's not about... That caused absolute outrage. You know, there's evidently a bit of a sort of viewer backlash. Apparently viewing figures went down to zero at some point following that. Um, And quite soon afterwards, he was out, he was gone. And I think that was a sort of key moment key decision in a way, you know, which way are you going to go? And, you know, they are going to go down the sort of, I suppose, the anti-woke path.
1: Interesting. So not open debate, all views tolerated, but very clearly one particular group of views would be pushed.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it's just, there's a sort of irony to it, right? Because it was a group of people who felt their views had been underrepresented or missed out you know and the and the response to that is to sort of focus in on that particular stream of opinion and and push it really is is the feeling you get
2: Good evening. This is GB News, and we are five weeks old. We are a fledgling in broadcasting terms.
3: So very symbolically, in in the aftermath of that, it was the very much next day, I think, after Harry was got rid of, that the channel announced that they were going to appoint Nigel Farage as a presenter. You know, Farage sort of tweets, "I won't be taking the knee." I mean, in a sense, you can say they're following their audience, right? Because it it came after an audience boycott. But you know, they very much planted their flag at that point. In in the sort of the fringes of the right I think you'd probably say
2: they're the negatives but what about the positives why am I here why have I decided to join GB news full-on well I'll tell you why because I believe in GB news and I believe in Andrew Neil. I think he is And
3: then a a few months after that, that. by the autumn, Andrew Neil, who'd been this very high-profile senior broadcaster who was sort of central to the launch of the channel, he says he's departing.
2: Well, I had always made it clear it wouldn't be a British Fox News. Uh, Fox deals in untruths, it deals in conspiracy theories, and it, it deals in fake news. The differences were such that the direction they were going in was not the di- direction that I had outlined. It was not the direction that I had envisaged for the channel. But I was a minority of one.
3: And, and very quickly after that, Dan Wootten, the sort of evening presenter, turns round and says...
2: What a disappointment Mr Neil has proven to be. Look, I believed Mr Neil genuinely wanted to shake up biased news broadcasting in this country to deliver for those ignored by the BBC, ITV News, Sky News and, yes, Channel 4. But I was wrong. He's an establishment man through and through, and he belongs at Channel 4.
3: So again, that feels like quite an important moment when the channel was really sort of planting its flag in a particular bit of sort of political territory rather than saying, you know, we're gonna be at the home for a sort of wide range of views.
1: So Heather, in the week that you spent watching, what did you find the channel is like now? What are the themes that obsess its presenters?
3: So, sort of woke, wokery, however you define that, is an absolute obsession. This idea that they need to combat a kind of, I suppose, what would you call it, a left-wing or or a progressive worldview. There's a sense that, that there's an establishment view.
1: What we have to do is eject woke as a general policy for government. And I'm afraid work is a thing in government. And when the Labour Party says the Tories have got to stop fighting the culture wars, actually, the Tory party has to get a grip of the culture war. Start fighting the culture Uh,
2: wars. uh, uh, Start doing it. Start defending what is inherently British. They've got to
3: do it. And uh... And this covers issues like gender, for example. And there are stories, it seems to me, that, you know, would barely be given any airtime on other media and or in the papers or for example that and they get absolutely amplified and repeated over and over again um you know there was a sort of a row in a Starbucks branch that involved a couple of members of the public You know, having a sort of set to for apparently misgendering somebody. Hmm. You know, Dan Wooten did that repeatedly, you know, had sort of different guests on to discuss it.
2: Tonight, an extraordinary twist in the case of the Starbucks manager fired for physically and verbally assaulting two. And explosive new details have emerged of the violent altercation we first brought to you yesterday. Coming up, the first shocking new details have been revealed about the trans employee at Starbucks who was. So now, speaking out for the first time since their horrific attack, I'm delighted (laughs) to be joined live in the studio by the victims.
1: Heather, these sound like the kinds of stories that are exclusive, but for a reason.
3: Yeah, I mean, often they're based on stories that have been picked up from the right-wing press. So it's definitely part of a kind of ecosystem where there'll be a story that maybe won't be huge and it'll be picked up and given lots of airtime and guests will come in and it will be chewed over. And I think probably part of that is because they're really keen to build an audience, a community. And, you know, if you talk to people at GB News, they make really clear, look, the telly is one thing, but, you know, we also want this really engaged, really committed audience. And of course, we all know that to get engagement from an audience, sometimes kind of righteous outrage, you know, is really powerful. And all of that is added to or amplified, I think, by the fact that they're very good at sort of clipping up controversial bits, interesting bits, sticking them on Twitter, which, of course, is very closely watched in Westminster and by politicians or by albeit perhaps not by much of the rest of the world. So it has a way of feeding into public debate. It's
2: a big story, this. Rishi has gone squishy when it comes to legal migration. Oh, yes. Look, you know, since 2010...
3: Uh, And the other issue, and I think this is governed partly by what the headlines were about in the week that I was watching it, but migration came up over and over again. It was an absolute obsession, not just in terms of you know, let's discuss the economic impact of migration, but some views that felt to me like they sailed very close to the wind. So discussions about culture. You had Lawrence Fox, who has a show, who is a you know a sort of actor turned sort of populist. But he talked about a projection that, that net migration could hit a million.
0: Land ahoy! Welcome back.
2: New figures are to be released later this month that could see net migration top. Just wait for it one million this year
3: and he sort of mimed pulling out a gun and shooting himself <coughs> mm, it's kind of delivered in a not quite a tongue-in-cheek way but a, almost a light-hearted way but at the same time it's it's very very dark
2: and i hate to say it but i'm gonna say it i feel like my culture is being replaced in front of my eyes right in the interest of balance because why not yeah, because we've got to be balanced. Thank you, Mr Ofcom, patronise your public. Yeah. Um, in the interest of balance, are you and I just both white supremacists?
1: Part of the reason that British TV hasn't had a channel like this one launched before is because the industry is so tightly regulated. What are the rules about covering news on television?
3: So broadcasters are regulated by Ofcom and it says about news that it has to be covered with due impartiality. Now, that's different from balance. So that doesn't mean if you've got a right winger on, you've got to have a left winger on and you've got to give them five minutes each. It's very different to that. You're meant to have a range of views or different views, alternative views represented. And so, you know, it's absolutely fine to have a really opinionated presenter. That's completely allowed. It's even fine, and Ofcom have said this, it's fine to air conspiracy theories. Mm. Um, That's fine. As long as you give some counterbalance. If you talk to people inside GB News, they say... You know, they think that probably means 10 to 15 percent of of the sort of views expressed during the programme need to be different to the presenter's or the sort of channel's stance. But, you know, GB News people will say to you, well, look, we've had two Ofcom rulings against us in our kind of two years. One of them was for the show presented by a guy called Mark Stein, who's, who's since actually left
2: Last call at the Jabba Jabba saloon, at least in Scandinavia. Sweden will no longer jab children.
3: Denmark's abandoned... One of those was about the sort of misuse of statistics. It was COVID vaccine related. And the other one was about an appearance by Naomi Wolf, the sort of conspiracy theorist. I mean, she'd used the phrase mass murder. I mean, it's not surprising a
0: mass murder has taken place. And this is a massive crime. Of course they want to sweep it under the rug because mass murder has not just taken place, it's still taking place, disabling people into the future, sterilising the next... next I think it
3: was the next day Naomi Wolf expressed some pretty outrageous views, but that was fine because in the show there was someone else who kind of questioned her views and also apparently they put a banner across the screen that said something like you know Naomi Wolf criticized for her controversial views now you know there's quite an interesting debate to be had there isn't there about is that completely fine for someone to go on and say something totally wacky that appears to be a variance with the facts if someone else maybe later in the show says i don't agree with you mm, i don't know but it's that that certainly seems to be the view that ofcom has taken and you know, I think GB News perhaps understandably feels, well, we've only had these two rulings against us. And by the way, there was no fine involved. There was no threat of them losing their license.
1: Well, I was going to ask, I mean, what are the penalties if you fall foul of Ofcom regulations?
3: Well, they can shut you down. So they did that to Russia today, right? When they there was a sense that they, they were just broadcasting in the, in the wake of the Ukraine invasion, they were just broadcasting, you know, out and out propaganda and they moved to shut them down. Ofcom have had GB News in for a meeting to talk about how to deal with conspiracy theories and, and how, you know, you sort of need to be careful about that. But I think if you're GB News, you think, oh, well, we've, you know, we've only had these two rulings against us. Probably most of what we're doing is is fine, you know, and they, Ofcom, declined to rule against them over a, a Neil Oliver broadcast.
1: There's a war on and not enough people know it. I'm not talking about the Third World War warming up nicely between Russia and the West over the weeping sore that is Ukraine, but the silent war waged by Parliament against we, the people.
3: It's not just between us... He used to present a very um, anodyne programme called Coast on the BBC. You know, it was all rather bucolic. Well, he's been on a real journey um, (laughs) and is now vehemently convinced that there's some sort of global plan.
1: Those in pursuit of centralised power of a one-world government, hate, and with every fibre of their being, sovereign nation-states. That said, they reserve a special loathing for national constitutions... That he has a weekly right
3: show, and he expresses himself very strongly every week. There was a particular episode of that show in February that, that was complained about, including by the Board of Deputies of British Jews, who felt that he was expressing anti-Semitic tropes because he was talking about the idea of politics being controlled by a sort of global elite... Hmm. And actually Ofcom said they acknowledged that that language he used did suggest that politicians were being sort of controlled by a global elite, but they didn't find against uh, GB News. They said they'd just given them some guidance about how to make sure they're being careful when broadcasting conspiracy theories. I mean, in that
1: way, Heather, has JB News shown the limits of Ofcom's ability to police the public discourse, that actually there's a lot of misinformation you can get away with broadcasting, even despite the presence of the regulator and its rules?
3: Yeah, I mean... I- to some extent, you know, you could say Ofcom sort of chosen to take the stance that it has. It, it it seems to feel that it's not a bad thing to have an alternative voice out there in the discourse, to have different sort of views represented. They, they can launch their own inquiries without complaints. But, you know, I think it seems a lot of what they do is responding to viewer complaints. You know, unless they're literally being paid to do it like I was, I suspect there aren't many people watching GB News to comb through every single minute and hour of, of this channel's output.
1: Heather, JB News made a more than £30 million loss in its first year, yet it's also recently signed a deal with investors for tens of millions of pounds to keep the station running. So who are these investors and what's in it for them?
3: They've got these rather generous backers. They they raised £60 million last summer from a couple of investors. One of those is Legatum Ventures, which is a Dubai-based financial firm that also funds sort of right-wing or a free market think tank, called the Legatum Institute. And the other is Paul Marshall, who's this kind of quite interesting figure really. He's a he's a hedge fund manager. And then he's obviously been on a bit of a journey. You know, he came out as very pro Brexit in the run up to the referendum. And now he's, you know, bank bankrolling this channel and there's a real sense that they want to be a sort of disruptor you know they want to shake things up and and that fits perfectly with some of these decisions that we've talked about about you know do they try and represent a wide range of views or do they sort of plant their flag on a bit of the sort of radical right and put themselves against you know against cancel culture as they call it and against wokery and all of those kinds of things and it certainly feels like that's the kind of thing that the funders have in mind
2: I'm Jacob Rees-Mogg, the Member of Parliament for North East Somerset and a former Government Minister. For years I've walked the corridors of power in both Westminster and the City of London.
1: Is it too simplistic to just see GB News as Conservative Party TV?
3: Yeah, I think it is because it's a particular bit of the Conservative Party. It's not the mainstream of the Conservative Party, really. You know, it's not the guys who are actually running the government um, or not most of them. It's a particular bit of the Conservative Party, a sort of bit that elected Liz Truss. It's the bit that still feels angry that Boris Johnson got thrown out. You know, Dan Wooden talks about Rishi Sunak coming to power through an anti-democratic coup.
2: The Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and his authoritarian Chancellor Jeremy Hunt were both put into office in an anti-democratic coup. And the last two prime ministers approved by party members, by the way, have been forced out when the deep state conspired with the mainstream media, especially the British Bashing Corporation.
3: You know, it's this, this sense of this particular bit of the right that somehow is managing to feel sort of outsiderish and betrayed, despite the fact that their guys have been in power for more than a decade.
2: Yeah, champion, but therefore.
0: he is in office but not in power, Dan. Now, who knows who facilitated his rise to power? But they were not Brexiteers. Rishi reminds me of a sort of irrelevant little mouse on puppet, puppet strings that's more obsessed with the international stage and doesn't want to upset Biden and the EU than make the bold decision this country needs to, to reduce right.
2: immigration. So Mm.
3: it is oh, it's hyper globalism the, the rishi hunt cabal support hype and i think it probably is having an effect uh, not necessarily on the wider public debate but if nothing else on the debate in the conservative party mm. which as we saw with liz trust you know that has a real impact because these are the guys that and the tories are in power these are the guys that choose who the who the prime minister is so I, I think it is you know the audience isn't huge but um i think it is having some impact on on the sort of issues that get picked up and the tone of public debate
1: And it sounds like what they're focused on is not so much now. Like They're looking forward to what happens if and when the Sunak government is defeated, that fight that we expect to erupt within the Tories. like GB News is spoiling for that fight.
3: A bit. I mean, I think they would like it to happen now, right? I mean, I think they would like Suella Braverman to be sort of carried on the shoulders of a, you know, grateful British public to number (laughs) 10. But, you know, realistically, uh, it's hard to see any way in which that actually comes about. So uh, I suspect the real fight will come afterwards.
1: Coming up, JB News doesn't make any money, doesn't break many stories, but does any of that matter?
0: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day... Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today in focus today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, slash today in focus.
1: Two years into the life of this station, JB News doesn't really break stories. It's not a ratings powerhouse. They're losing money, relying on financial backers to keep them on air. All of that would be a problem if your goal was to set up a profitable news channel. But from what you've said, JB News is better understood as a kind of influence network. So I suppose the question is, two years in, are they having an influence?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they'd love to make a profit. But I think, you know, I they, they think you're right, they, they feel they're securely funded for the time being, and they can crack on with doing what they're doing. You know, I, th- I think it's just keeping alive, I suppose, voices that might otherwise fade from view, you know, someone like Esther McVeigh, you know, she's been a cabinet minister, she's sort of fallen out of favour, she's on the backbenches. you know, we wouldn't necessarily be hearing a great deal from her, but somehow, her voice remains part of the debate. And it's the same with Jacob Rees-Mogg, you know, he's, he's just a, a humble backbencher these days, right? But, you you so I'm sure he'd be interviewed now and again. But, you know, his his voice is sort of kept alive and amplified Mm. by the fact that he's got this show.
2: Hello, good evening. It's me, Jacob Rees-Mogg, on State of the Nation tonight. The lead story is the great non-story. The Remainer blob continues on its crusade. You know, and
3: then he has debates and those find their way somehow back into the political discourse.
1: Heather, finally, having spent a week marinating in this channel and its views, did you find it left any kind of imprint on you?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think in some ways it's very good, right, to get outside your filter bubble. And <laughs> you know, I live in North London. I'd be have to be frank. And um, you know, it was it was probably very good for me to you know get a sense that things that I would assume were you know widely shared are not necessarily widely shared, and maybe need to be fought for. Right. And I tell you, one of the other real abiding thoughts that I had was the things that I didn't hear very much about. So the state of the public services at the moment, whether it's the health service or libraries or parks or schools or whatever else, barely heard anything about that. Hmm. Cost of living crisis. There was a bit of chat about the sort of food crisis, but I didn't feel like I got to know much about the viewers' sort of daily lives and the issues that were affecting them day to day because it seems to me that, you know, gender wars is not necessarily the primary thing on your mind if you're, you know, maybe struggling to make ends meet. I was, Mm. in a funny sort of way, I was almost more struck by the things that didn't feature very much as by the things that did.
1: And that if you're a viewer of this station who feels angry, who feels like the world is changing, it sounds like you're more likely to come away thinking that's the fault of trans people, of the left, of Guardian readers, rather than the things that actually shape the circumstances of your life.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, then there's also this sort of, there's a bit of a sense of kind of impotent rage about it, you know, because there are ways that we can change, you know, a lot of the, what we might think of as being the most pressing issues facing the country, you know, one of those might be to chuck the government out. But, you know, that you end up, if, if you focus all the time on these kind of culture war issues, you end up feeling kind of impotently angry and i i don't know whether that's a great mood really and maybe that is how people feel and maybe that's maybe it's healthy for that to have an outlook but uh, i didn't come away feeling very hopeful
1: heather thank you so much thanks mike That was Guardian's special correspondent, Heather Stewart. You can find her story about a week spent watching GB News at TheGuardian.com. GB News said in a statement that it had chosen to be an Ofcom regulated channel and that it took the broadcast code seriously. It said, All staff receive Ofcom training when they join us to ensure they understand the code and the importance we place on complying with it. They went on to say that Ofcom had never made a finding against us for a breach of its due impartiality guidelines. To date, we have broadcast more than 13,000 hours of live television and 9,000 hours of live radio. Ofcom is very clear that due impartiality does not mean a 50-50 balance. Instead, broadcasters are required to include a range of views. Diversity of opinion is what GB News is all about. A spokesperson added that GB News abhors racism and hate in all its forms and would never allow it on the channel. Before we go, Guardian columnist Marina Hyde is on tour in June for a series of live events around the country. Marina will be joined in London by Jonathan Friedland on the 1st of June, in Leeds by Gabby Hinsliff on the 7th of June, and in Brighton by Gary Young on the 13th of June. You can go to any of the shows in person, or you can also watch the London show via livestream. Tickets are available now at theguardian.com forward slash live tour. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Tom Glasser, who also watched quite a lot of JB News this past week. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Phil Maynard. Have a great weekend. See you Monday.
0: This is The Guardian.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes
0: without the ads. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out